Hi, this is Kim Tallbear. Welcome to my Substack Unsettle. The title of this post is Prairie Relations 100s. And I begin the uh, text of the post with a visual, uh, a photograph uh, entitled Watercolor Morning, Edmonton, Alberta, January 26th, 2022. And it's a photograph I took at sunrise on that day, uh, which happens fairly late this time of year. So it's a photograph of the bend in the river, uh, the North Saskatchewan River, uh, which is right across the street from my condominium on Jasper Avenue in Edmonton. And it really is very much a watercolor sky uh, in this photograph. It's uh, a really beautiful blue. I don't, I'm not so good with <laughs> descriptions of different blues, but a, a gorgeous blue. And it's got um, gold and orange kind of slightly turning into a salmon-colored uh, sunlight coming through the break in the clouds. And then you can see the land across the way, uh, the open land amidst trees. So in October 2013, in my first year of polyamory practice, I began writing a blog, The Critical Polyamorist, link to in this text. Posts began as personal reflections of the pleasurable, challenging, and eye-opening experiences of openly practicing consensual non-monogamy, or CNM. I aim to think through the personal challenge of this new way of relating by engaging in self-reflexive analysis, combined with research in polyamory, sexualities, race, and Indigenous studies literatures. Through blogging, I pondered personal, cultural, and structural challenges that settler colonialism presents to pursuing CNM. I lived in Austin, Texas back in 2013. I have broadened my lens to include both the U.S. and Canada after I moved to Edmonton, Alberta in 2015. I have also pondered the capacity, in theory, of Dakota and other Indigenous worldviews to tolerate contemporary manifestations of consensual non-monogamy. I encounter barriers to CNM within Indigenous community too, especially as presented by the imposition of settler lifeways and values related to private property and heteronormative, couple-centric, nuclear family. Nine years after beginning a polyamorous life, I continue to write autoethnographic explorations in various venues, including in academic publications and sometimes on this substack. Portions of the earlier Critical Polyamorist blog posts have been incorporated into published essays in edited volumes and journals, and they have informed interviews I've done on podcasts and in print. In naming the Critical Polyamorist blog, I took the label critical, not to downplay the critique in which polyamorists already engage as they live against the grain of our society's compulsory monogamy. Polyamorous people are, in some ways, de facto critical thinkers and actors in that what they, we, think it is possible to be in loving, committed relationships with multiple people simultaneously, with the consent of all involved. Polyamory is, in this sense, deeply critical. But when I take up the label critical, it is also not redundant. I gesture to something beyond common polyamorous critiques of compulsory monogamy, but which do not consider the role, usually, of racist colonial structures in the monogamy system. 
I draw on a broader tradition of critical social theory, meaning that analysis and critique of social problems is not only for the good of knowledge, but is geared towards social change. Critical social theory also traditionally draws insights from social science and humanities disciplines. My critical polyamory work brings critical social theory, including analyses of indigeneity, colonialism, race, and sex, to analyze polyamorous life and politics from my perspective as a rural-born, now urban-dwelling feminist and anti-racist Indigenous woman. The next subheader is entitled, The Hundreds Method and Multiply Relating. When I began writing The Critical Polyamorist, I lived on warm southern plains of lands now occupied by Austin, where I was a professor of anthropology at the University of Texas. It was during that time that I was introduced to the idea of writing hundreds as part of an online writing group initiated by my friend and colleague, also a University of Texas anthropologist, Circe Sturm. I immediately used my Emergent Hundreds writing practice to also think through CNM. During the 2014-15 academic year, Sturm and I wrote weekly with five other women living in different parts of the continent. We each committed to write a hundred on the same day every week and to share it with the group by email. That way, on each of seven days of the week, a different woman wrote and shared her 100 with the group. Circe Sturm explains the hundreds concept and its history in her introduction to 100 Word Collective, a collection of hundreds published in 2013 in the journal Voices in Italian Americana. Sturm explains that the Hundred Word Collective originated with Emily Bernard at the University of Vermont in February 2009. Sturm was part of one of the first hundreds writing groups. Bernard's idea has since resulted in the founding of dozens of writing groups, including our own in 2014-15. In Emily Bernard's approach, a writer launches their piece from an idea, phrase, single word, or anything that resonates or sparks from the previous piece. There are no limitations for form, style, or subject. Bernard explains the process of writing hundreds in group as something akin to, and I quote, a Quaker meeting. If the spirit moves you, speak. Otherwise, let's enjoy each other's words in silence, rich and voluptuous, unquote. Sturm explains that, quote, one of the reasons so many of us are drawn to this abbreviated format is that it allows us to dialogue with other writers, even when our lives are extremely busy. We also feel freer to experiment with content, form, and voice, and to risk vulnerability in our writing. Some ideas catch fire and never lose their burn. This seems to be one of them. Unquote. The Critical Poly 100s posted on my blog in my earlier days of writing them 
and also available in print in Elisa Washuta and Teresa Warburton's edited volume, Shapes of Native Nonfiction, Collected Essays by Contemporary Writers, draw on my relations with both humans and more than humans. For my multiple loving relations are not only about humans. My most beloved stretch of this world is the North American prairies. My water loves are its rivers. Whether as far south as lands presently called Texas, or as far north as lands presently named Edmonton, where I am now a professor of Native Studies at the University of Alberta. I live at the edge of the North Saskatchewan River Valley, near central Edmonton, where prairie meets parkland, in Treaty 6 territory, a traditional gathering place for Indigenous peoples including Cree, Blackfoot, Métis, Nakota, and others. My relationship practice that I sometimes describe as more than monogamy loops relations with place and space into my understanding of intimate and dynamic constitutive relations. Referring to more than monogamy instead of non-monogamy, like referring to the more than human instead of the non-human, decenters monogamy and the human respectively. Thus, more than monogamy, in my definition, is not relegated to human or sexual relating. I love sex unapologetically, but I do not privilege sex among intimacies. Similarly, I do not privilege humans in my accounting of relations or relatives. I lodge without other humans most of the time. But my treasured companion most days is the North Saskatchewan River that flows just outside my south-facing windows, large as life. My practice of relating intimately every day with multiple knowledge forms also intersects my approaches to multiple relating with beings and spaces. It is true that I am a social scientist, humanist, and writer, but I also come from an Indigenous people who insist on relational knowledge production, even under the imposition of settler hierarchies of life, not life, human, non-human, culture, nature, truth, myth, and material, spirit. Therefore, I do not separate and value humanistic forms of knowledge production from and over more than human and material observations and investigation. Though I am not a natural scientist, a farmer, hunter, quarrier, or carver, I value the knowledge, nourishment, and forms such workers bring into being by their engagements with cells, elements, flora, fauna, and stone. And I know that Indigenous scientists, hunters, and quarriers, for example, also keep and constitute stories as they maintain relations with more than human relatives. This is so much more than multidisciplinary knowledge-making. Routing oneself respectfully between multiple bodies is another ethical roadmap, another way of inhabiting the world. Okay, so here comes the fun part. This next section is entitled Nine 100s. 
Following are nine more recent 100s that focus on human and more than human relating in the prairie landscape where I currently live. Five of the hundreds indicated with an asterisk after the titles were previously published in the Dalhousie Review, Biophilia Issue, Volume 100, Number 3, in Autumn 2020. The title of each hundred is followed by the date on which it was written. In these vignettes, I document couplings as becoming together. Be warned. Some are sexual and romantic. These ways of co-becoming or frank talk about them do not appeal to everyone. A couple of these hundred-word vignettes document spiritual becomings, for lack of a better word. Mostly these hundreds document good relations, although not good relations and not romantic relations in both definitions of that word, love and idealism are also the entangled relations that make and remake us into who we become. We do not alone become. And our becomings are not always ideal or loving. We are also forged in part through the unromantic. Flyer, 3-24-19, previously published in the Dalhousie Review. The bright-faced men who stand head-to-head with me, well-pressed, and with a toque, recall him. Like my half-Asian limo driver in Chile, Durham, who asked if I am too. Flyer nights over two, four times per month in my city. I bring him odd-colored wine in rolling-tipped crystal when 13 hours remain before he sky climbs again. In return, I press him for 737 max eight knowledge. In return, he presses me, builds power, draws speed. We rise. Limbs locked with the moon and descend in laughter until the melatonin grounds us into quiet night visions. Fairy Sexy Godmother, 8-21-19, previously published. It took months to search and decide on a river abode. So I lodged a month, then four, with a spirited love. We laughed, kissed, hugged. I heated her kettle, pressed coffee in the starry purple pink dawned winter. I wrote for hours at an antique table. She fell from her lounge into online molecular archives prairie histories, epiphanies cracked open our silence. When the city spun into dark, she'd turn from her screen, gather herbs, potions, tonics, flesh. A fairy sexy godmother, 
She whirled round the kitchen, concocting spells that mostly worked. Bippity-boppity-boo. Dinner. Poof. I curtsied rosé into perfect fit glasses. Mistress of the Shears, 829-19. Promiscuous traveler. My hair's been run through by fingers from Cambridge to Denver, Berkeley to Tokyo, Auckland, Jakarta. Then I found her, my colorist Dom in a Yegg salon. Like Morticia, with a burgundy gloss on her own dark locks, black clad with powerful boots and erotic accounts, lips of steel purse. I know you're growing it, but I'll take an inch. From behind, her fingers encircle my neck. I shiver. Our eyes meet in the mirror. When we rinse, her palms cradle and caress my head, her own creation of flesh and eye. Her hands drip. Blood. Wine. Rivulets. Love Hotel Fieldwork. 83019, previously published. Sultry eyed man in a suit. You and I were stuck loveless in the months I lived with fairy sexy godmother. Unless she flew off on magical business. She adores you, of course. But privacy, you know. Had our city caught on like Tokyo? I googled Love Hotel Edmonton. Lo and behold, the conference hotel on Gateway near White Mud sells six hours discounted. You were Stony Plain scandalized. But oh, did you smile. In my field work, front desk staff are discreet. Welcome, Ms. Tallbear, room 204. You tapped the door minutes later. I pulled your tie. You leaned in to the work. And below this 100 in the text is a visual with the caption, Love Hotel Tokyo, Michael Gordon slash Shutterstock. And it's a photograph of Hotel Zero, which is in the Shibuya area of Tokyo. And it's got this black and white kind of basket weave or tiled front of the facade of the hotel. And there's um, a businessman in a white shirt and a black tie and black pants walking kind of uphill towards the hotel, seems to be looking at the photographer. And I, I don't read Japanese, but I'm pretty, but it does have some English on the sign and it says rest 
Uh, and I think it says two hours for 3,500 yen, three hours for 5,000 yen, and then you can stay presumably all night for 7,000 yen. We really do need more love hotels in Canada. <laughs> okay. The next 100 is called Claire Mann, written 8-30-19. He does not miss Ireland. Calgary is home. Yet, pipes and fiddles sustain him, as well as my nips and kisses and hair grazing his back. He is 50, his skin 35, impossibly vanilla, even more than I. He prefers a hard missionary session. Not every lover can thrust with such force. He closes my bar-built legs, guides them to the ceiling, straight like a pole, looks up to my toes on point, climb gauging. Instead, he embraces knees and thighs, resumes driving. We moan until late summer sundown. He texts me at a red light. I feel so alive. This next 100 is called Communion, written 9419, previously published. And there are a couple of quotes in this 100. Um, one of them is uh, a, an anti Semitic line. Um, and I'm quoting a preacher I once heard say this. And then the other one is a quote from the, um, my, my partner, my lover, uh, who I am talking about in this hundred. So uh, I'll try to make it apparent in the way that I recite that, that these are the quotes to give you the appropriate context. Communion. I inhale him, an earthy, full, round, red. I know mineral whites best. But he is no airier blanc, even one run through by rock. On Sundays, he raises hands to heaven, opened by scripture. I recognize that Christian fever. I did time in worship, exiting for good, on the heels of a single line, all Jews go to hell. <laughs> oh, hell no. This one is oddly non-evangelical. No human is free of sin. Leave down your stones. When he is grounded between prayers and flights, he implores me, take him hard inside. His blood, his flesh, my communion.
And this next one is called Cocoa, Sea, Sweetgrass, Earth, written 10-10-19, previously published. And I use an analogy uh, with wine in this one too. I used to be um, quite a lover of wine, mostly whites, although I have gone in phases in my life between whites, reds, and rosés. Um, since I had COVID in December of 2020, pre-vaccine, of course, my palate hasn't come all the way back and wine tastes pretty terrible now. <laughs> but I, um, I wrote the, these two uh, 100s with a, a wine analogy when I was still drinking it. And there's something very erotic about wine to me. And I pay a lot of attention to the taste and the way that it hits different parts of my palate. And now I can feel the difference between a good wine and a, like a cheap wine in the way that it feels in my mouth, but I can no longer taste the, the nuance of, of the taste anymore. So anyway, again, this is Coco Sea Sweetgrass Earth. Her 99% Cocoa voice melts over us, pressed together in well-hung space. At the art gallery book launch, perched on chairs too spare for ample bottoms, I trace the glass's edge with a thumb soft inside, not unlike how I graze your perineum. Lids close, lips open, tongue tip probes the rim. Italian tide rolls in stone and gold, then pulls back a placid goblet sea. A drop on my chin, aftertaste of cut prairie grass, in that other teasing in between, the border zone of nose and palate. I sip liquid earth in wine. I sip the sea from you. And the next 100 is called Winona Quarantine. Written for fourteen twenty. I hunt cornstarch in cupboards, but yeast is my take. What isolationist bakers covet? In a stealth drive across the sunrise city, I take this offering to a love snow dusted porch, her prize to find in morning light. I binge on decades-old mournful music and sail back across the bridge, the ice river. Are these notes nostalgia for the poverty of twenty, when there was less but more to die for? The medicine man who named our girl Sweet Song Woman said, a Winona is protected until her own first is born. I remain protected 
I worry for my daughter. And this final 100, the ninth one, is called River Quantum, Instructions for Baby Girl, written 5, 13, 20. One quarter my ashes to be spread across the North Saskatchewan when ice flows and is lit by sun at a bend in central Edmonton. One quarter, to be blown across the heavy Mississippi, back to ancestors at Minneapolis, St. Paul. Three-eighths shall be offered up to the Big Sioux, next to the old powwow grounds. Make sure. That river is akin to my grandmother, who fished its waters on close-to-home days when she did not venture to the Missouri. One-eighth, the remainders of me, shall be emigrated to the Corrib, my tumultuous river love, near Galway's Cathedral, where I cursed Columbus. And I close this post with another photograph that I took in 2013. uh, And the caption reads, River Corrib, Galway, Ireland. And it's a picture of that. If you've ever seen the Corrib, every time I've been there, I think I've been to Ireland four times. The Corrib is just very tumultuous. Excuse me. Um, Very tumultuous river. I love it. It's so... It's such a flamboyant, intense river, and the the waters in this picture are a very dark gray. It's an overcast day, and you've got buildings, um, stone buildings, condominiums, and um, bigger buildings in the distance right along the river. And I just, I love this river so much. It is the most tumultuous river in my life. And probably the, well, it's, it's bigger than the Big Sioux, but it's, it's a, one of the smaller rivers, but just incredibly powerful and present. And that's the closing uh, photograph in this post. And so as always, thank you for reading and or listening. <laughs>